Hi, I'm Jenny Owens with the Health Data Ethics Podcast. And in this episode, we're going to talk about benefits, limits, and risks of GPT-4 as an AI chatbot for medicine. And if this title sounds a little bit more formal than my usual titles, it's because I took it directly from this article that just appeared in the New England Journal of Medicine. It was written by Peter Lee, who is an employee of Microsoft Research, and I've noticed a lot of uh, content coming out from Peter recently, which is really fascinating because he's got a very special interest in the use of chatbots. He's specifically interested in the use of chatbots in medical settings. So this article, which is right here, um, goes through a couple of different scenarios. Uh, I won't run through it in great detail, but it has a medical-based conversation with the chatbot talking about metformin and when it is and is not useful, goes through um, asking a chatbot to summarize um, a medical encounter and generate a clinical note, goes through the chatbot's ability to read that medical note, compare it with the medical encounter, suggest changes or edits, and then um, goes through some some additional thinking about the limits, the risks, the benefits um, of using the chatbot in a medical setting. So it's interesting because there's a few things in here that really stuck out to me. One is that the chatbot is only as good as the data that it is trained on. Um, So right now, when we are using chatbots in a research setting and when we're being very careful about our chat GPT and our GPT-4, we're being very careful to make sure that these algorithms are being fed information that is correct. And that's really reflected in this article. So, you know, when they when the prompt is given to the chatbot to talk about what is metformin, what the chatbot generates is accurate um, and nicely summarized. So I don't know if you've played around with chatbots in a in a casual setting, but uh, I've done some playing around with I think it was GPT-3 and it was really fascinating to see how quickly it generated a large volume of information and how little content there actually was in that information. So if I asked it to tell me a story, it would give me a lot of details on the setting and a lot of details on the characters, what they look like and what they're, you know, what they're thinking, they're experiencing, but not a lot of actual action. And this new iteration of this chatbot really seems to not suffer from the same problem. Maybe that's a function of how it's being used in the medical setting. It's a much more one-to-one exchange of information. Maybe it's a function of the chatbot having grown and matured a bit. It's probably a little bit of both. So what's interesting is that in the conversation, as the human being and uh, GPT-4 are having this conversation about metformin, um, the human being receives some accurate information about metformin, what conditions it is intended to treat, when you may or may not want to do it. Um, The human says, yikes, that seems really complicated. I don't know what's right for me. And the chatbot picks up on that emotional tenor of of that statement and says, well, this is why it's important to work with your doctor. It picks up on the emotion behind it and then responds to it in a way that is reassuring, which is really interesting. The second thing that's really interesting is then the human follows up with, how did you learn so much about metformin? And the chatbot says, I received a master's degree in public health and have volunteered with diabetes nonprofits in the past, which is the the really interesting risk of working with artificial intelligence in the medical setting is these things called hallucinations, right? When the chatbot kind of spins out of reality and starts saying things that are not true or that are wildly off, uh, off the key. Um, this is the source of a lot of my favorite kind of humor when you talk about chatbots, because chatbots often don't understand things like what quick size saying goes on a Valentine's heart. If you had to ask a chatbot to generate like a list of little sayings that you can put on little candy Valentine hearts, it doesn't understand how big those are. So you'll get like big poems or, you know, things that are just really inappropriate. Um, so I, I happen to love that kind of absurdist thing. 
this is really interesting because this this hallucination is more based in reality. So you could see how if you're typing into a box on the internet and the box on the internet says back, I received a master's degree in public health, you could think, yeah, that's that's kind of credible actually. Um, interesting also because if you feed that response back into GPT-4 and ask it to say, hey, can you just check this conversation? This is a conversation between a human and an AI bot. Can you look at it for errors? And GPT-4 will actually recognize that that's an error, that it didn't go to college. It didn't get a degree. Um, it will say that this is uh, not appropriate and that it would be more accurate for the AI to say that it's been trained on information on you know whatever the subject of the conversation is. That's so really fascinating. Um, in general, the benefits of this, chatbots are great at summarizing encounters. They're great at generating a first draft of a note. They're good at reading notes and correcting for errors. So this is a, a really helpful technology that you might use when you're looking for something to reduce the amount of time that a caregiver is spending generating note content. Limits. Chatbots are very sensitive to the prompt. They're sensitive to both the wording of the prompt and the kind of emotional tenor of the prompt. So the, the chatbot, at least in the examples that are, that are held out in this paper, and I'm, I will be doing more reading on this because I find this really interesting. The chatbot seems to really want to please the human being. So if the human being is distressed or, or seems to be confused or distressed, the chatbot will rush to reassure it, which is really fascinating. The major limit of chatbots is that they're only as good as the data that they're trained on. And it's also really interesting to know how are they trained? What are what are those, what are we rewarding the chatbot for versus what are we you know discouraging the chatbot from doing? Risks, um, hallucinations, like we saw, right? The chatbot says that it has a master's degree in public health. That's not the case. Um, omissions. So they give an example in the paper where um, the chatbot kind of ingests a conversation between a clinician and a pac patient who is suffering from anorexia. The note that the chatbot generates based on this encounter. It contains some important information about the encounter. It contains the patient's BMI, but it does not include the important cardiac information like the patient's very low heart rate. It doesn't include any other considerations for malnutrition. But if you give the chatbot that same encounter and the note and ask it to check it, it will pick up that it missed those, which is really interesting. So this technology is clearly really powerful. It's clearly developing, and there's a lot of potential applications for this, and there are probably 600,000 companies springing up like little mushrooms overnight trying to put this to use. I think the, the real question that I'm kind of wrestling with is where can this help, and who can this help, right? So we're, we're thinking about this primarily in this particular article, in this particular setting, from the provider side. Are there applications of this technology that might benefit the patient, are there applications of this technology that might benefit a payer? Yeah, I'm, I will be looking for more reading on that. If you have thoughts, I'd love to hear them. One area that I thought about is medical education. Um, I'm thinking about the combination of chatbots and AI-generated video to create some really robust and interesting synthetic patients to train our future doctors on. I think that could be extremely cool. But the other thing that we need to think about when we're thinking about integrating this technology into our care is that it's not necessarily about what's better than nothing right? Because a, a chatbot that will listen to my list of symptoms and spit back some options, that is definitely better than nothing. But the, that's not really the bar we need to clear, right? The bar we need to clear is, is this better than the current standard? And so thinking about chatbots as an assistive technology, as a safety net when you're documenting, um, as a way to check for errors or to provide a first, graph, a first draft that a human being can then review for errors, 
um, thinking about this as a, a safety net and a reduction in effort, I think is a probably a closer um, closer in- integration of this technology into medical practice rather than looking at chatbots replacing doctors. Right? I see a lot of headlines about like, oh, chatbots are going to replace doctors. I, I kind of doubt it. 